0: This is an ABC podcast. It's over. It's Britney, bitch. Yeah. Just Britney. She's back. Bang. 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 Bang.
1: Bang Bang on. Hello, Zan. Hello. Coming to
0: you live from a studio. (laughs) Say it ain't so. I know. How professional.
1: I know. I'm not used to such things anymore.
0: It's oh. exciting.
1: It is exciting. There's no
0: one blowing leaves outside. There's oh, no one that. wood chipping a tree. Ay, ay,
1: ay. I can I can add soundtrack if you
0: like. I would like it if a delivery driver just started dropping off packages, though, in the middle of the recording. <laughs> I won't feel at home if they don't. Knock,
1: knock. <laughs> um, delivery of your Crocs coming. No! There's uh, that bon con of Crocs that, that we're still waiting for, never coming.
0: Never, never yeah, we're coming. We're never getting it. Oh, you know what has come, though? It's Britney, bitch. Oh, yeah. Give me more. And she's finally got it. The conservatorship has ended. Uh, finally.
1: Finally. After nearly 14 years, she's nearly 40 years old, Britney Spears is free of the conservatorship that held her under the control of her father, Jamie Spears, and she has been making noises in court for two years now and it's finally come true. I mean, the Free Britney movement knew that she wanted out of that conservatorship long before that, Mm. but she is just now a free woman to do what, she likes. And that that really is amazing. It's it's extraordinary that she's been in that conservatorship for so long too. And
0: we finally got to hear from her, yeah. truly hear from her for the first time. Take a little um, listen to this. But, um,
2: I'm not here to be a victim. Um, I lived with victims my whole life as a child. That's why I got out of my house and I worked for 20 years and worked my ass off. I'm here to be an advocate for people with real disabilities and real illnesses. Um, I'm a very strong woman, so I can only imagine Um, what the system has done to those people. Um, So hopefully my little story, um, hopefully my story will make an impact and um, make some changes um, in the corrupt system. And the Free Britney movement, you guys rock. Honestly, my voice was muted and threatened for so long and um, I wasn't able to speak up or say anything. And um, because of you guys and the awareness of kind of knowing what was going on, and delivering that news to the public for so long. You gave it awareness um, to all of them. And um, because of you, I honestly think you guys saved my life in a way, 100%. Um, And I know there's a lot of jokes about the Free Britney movement. Um, We're not free, we're expensive. Okay, birdies, I'm expensive too. But anyways, with that said, um, let's move forward. God bless you all. We're going
0: to have a good year, a good Christmas, and rock on. So good. Have a good Christmas and rock on. I mean, how else do you want to end that? That was an amazing statement. I feel like we've seen her posting from that balcony for years now, and yeah. we've always seen her with no sound, just doing little twirls and you know, little, you know, uh, what do you call them? Um, Boomerangs. The, the, no, the little tops that she loves. The oh, She had that the on, The peasant though. tops. Oh, yeah, the peasant tops showing off. The little crop top peasant top. And showing
1: off the, the abs still the abs. that she's got. She but looks we've, amazing. We've
0: seen that video yeah. so many times. But seeing this video that just dropped yesterday, it is it is really, Brittany, like she, the gloves are off and mm. you hear a woman who has finally got her voice, yep. can finally speak her truth. And she mentions it, you know, she was, her voice was threatened. It was muted. And you really get a sense of just how much she was afraid of speaking out because these things were going to be taken away from her. Yeah. It Like seeing that video, and I encourage you to to go online onto her socials, the sound mm-hmm. is terrible, but you just get such a sense of how empowering this is. And this is real Brittany. This is the most honest I've seen her in years. Well, it's probably the
1: the most honest she's ever been because I imagine even when she was not in a conservatorship, she was watching what she said. I think about that. The control of a parent in such a way through a conservatorship is – that she doesn't want is distressing enough, but I, I feel like maybe that was already in place well and truly before then, in terms of that kind of emotional control that parents have over over children, especially young children when they're into they're, they're in a, a place of superstardom at such a young age. Yeah,
0: child star. Like, it's a yeah, very warped relationship. It isn't sure it? is.
1: I mean, the fact that she hasn't seen cash, like. Or had her own ATM card, and all she really wants to do, if you listen to the whole statement, is drive her car. Yeah, and that's—I mean, goodness me, she's nearly forty, mm. and I just—it's so incredibly sad. But the best bit about this is that she got to say that she feels okay, and I'm look—I'm I'm sure she, deep down she's probably. Probably not. No no one would be. But she's strong enough to be able to perhaps advocate for others now. Yeah, And I
0: reckon that's so wonderful. Incredible for someone who hasn't had a voice for so long. And she does come, you know, she's in a position where she's got a lot of cash. She hasn't had access to her own cash, but she has um, a huge amount of assets. She
1: was getting two grand a month while her dad was getting something like 25. Don't even get me started on <laughs> Jamie Spears.
0: But she is now going. I've you know this is my story yeah. and it sucked. But now we're moving forward. Yeah. But what about all those people that don't have a voice, that don't have a platform? And certainly, you've seen the Free Britney movement move towards advocating for those people, which I just think is such an incredibly beautiful end and continuation to this story, that this idea of conservatorships, which really none of us had much of a sense of what no. it was unless we knew someone in it. It's a guardianship or a conservatorship. This is something that happens to millions of people. There was a story on ABC News at the start of the week about You showed it.
1: that to me. That is a, that's a great insight into the situations that people have found themselves in through no fault of their own. Either yep. they've had an accident um, and and then locked into these these agreements, these legally binding agreements, whereby that person is no longer has control of their lives. And so, it's, yeah, it's terrifying, and I think it happens in Australia too. I'm sure a lot of people are stuck in conservatorships uh, that they might not want to be in. So I, I, I think it's been a, a a good thing in terms of our understanding and knowledge of what's going on out there. Mm. And um, you know, and, and conservatorships, I think, might be useful if somebody's dying um and can't have has no voice like a I, power of attorney yeah but i can't sort of see
0: it just seems dodgy doesn't it, it? Does. more often than not it seems
1: really especially when it comes to people with disability it it, it feels really ableist to say you can't you don't know what you're doing mm. with your life or your money yeah and i don't like that that makes me feel very very uncomfortable and i think that's probably a hangover from a system that's existed and that's just how it is and we know better, you know, or someone else knows better than you, and it's things are changing, and I love it. Um, I just wanted to add, though, before we move on, Brittany's now in charge of her own voice in such a way that she's also said she's really nervous about what she puts out there. Mm. Which I totally get. A lot I, of eyes on her. I get nervous putting stuff on social media. I Imagine if you're Britney Spears and there's millions and millions of people watching her and I've got to say I've loved watching her Instagram as a free woman. Have you checked it out, like just the entire feed? It's the best. <laughs> it's middle-aged lady Instagram. Through and through I can relate entirely. It's chaotic. There's... There's animal photos. There's thirst traps. There's inspirational quotes. Stella got quotes, her groove back. Inspirational quotes. <laughs> there's um, holiday snaps, whinging about no room service at on a private <laughs> island. And and like I said, I can relate. This is just like my Instagram thing. Um, I'm so, private island and all. I'm so into it though because you know uh, if 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 we can give one message to Britney is don't worry, Brittany, If you're if you're a lady of a certain age, you're always going to struggle with
2: Instagram. <laughs>
1: And that's okay and you can put up whatever you goddamn like. Do not worry. We are here for you to do whatever you want because you deserve this.
0: You know I love motivational quotes and I'm excited that Britney Spears is going to be (laughs) heading towards the motivational quote period in her uh, social media life. Yeah, that's right. It's beautiful. Love it. She's not the only pop star that has been raising awareness of things that we really didn't understand before. So many people are talking about Taylor Swift from over the weekend, her re-recording of Red. Taylor's version came out. Millions streamed this. It's mm. broken records. She's broken her own records on Spotify, becoming the most uh, streamed female artist in a day and that becoming the most streamed record in a day by a female artist. And um, I don't want to talk too much about this because I feel like it's, you know, if you're a Tay Tay fan then you mm. know all about it and um, Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, being
1: <laughs> dragged over the coals this week, isn't he? I think
0: you should just hide
1: for quite some time. <laughs> Because she well, just if you don't know what we're talking about, all too well was the five-minute song that was allegedly about Jake Gyllenhaal and their short-lived relationship of three months back when she was twenty-one and he was twenty-nine, and mm. she's now released the original, apparently ten-minute version, but I'm not sure. I feel like she added a few lyrics in contemporary times. right, okay. It's harsh. It's it really harsh. <laughs> harsh. Connects <laughs> with a lot of people though, and doesn't I loved it? it. I loved it. Um, yeah, she's she's done pretty well actually, and she's yeah. She's just sitting back watching that world explode
0: (laughs) and making a lot of coin from it too. Mm. One of the reasons that she's done that is because she can't have access to her own masters, so she just decided she's got the the means to be able to re-record them all. And I saw that this week, Universal, which is her label, Mm. um, have revised some of its contracts to increase the length of time in which an artist is prohibited from re-recording their own work. So they're trying to protect. That so that people don't do a Tay-Tay. But the question I have, let's take one step back, is why did she do it? Because she didn't have control of her own masters. And I feel like before all this conversation, in the same way that conservatorships and guardianships were something that we didn't really have an idea about, Mm. I think the general public didn't really understand what it meant to own your own masters. To for Everyone just thought, you write a song, you record a song, it's your song. Yep. Not so. And Taylor Swift's experience have shown that. And, again, she's an incredibly successful, incredibly rich artist. But that's really made a whole lot more sense to the general public about what it means for an artist to not control and own their own work, to be able to have no control over how it's used in the future, whether it's in advertising, remixes, all that sort of stuff, yeah. and what that means to an art artist's legacy and yeah. to to their creativity, and Taylor Swift has brought that to light. Yeah, but absolutely. Universal are like, nah, it's not going to happen again. No, we're not letting that happen. But Classic music industry. Yeah,
1: let's just... um. Let's just hurt the artist a little bit more.
0: (laughs) It's brutal, isn't it? It's
1: really brutal. Um, But the good thing is one of the big radio stations in the UK, iHeartRadio, said that as soon as her new versions come out, they're just swapping them in the system.
0: Which earns money as well if you don't realise. Every time your song is played on the radio you get royalties. That's Mm. the whole point of it. You have to pay for the music that you play. And so Taylor's getting the royalties now.
1: Yeah, which is great because I think what started this all was the fact that her royalties had been on sold to people who she hasn't had great relationships with in the music business. Was Mm. it that Scooter Braun character?
0: Yeah, who's Justin Bieber's manager. Yeah,
1: who was tied up in that whole Kanye West thing as well. So that would have put a bit of salt into the wounds Mm. and I say good on her. Flip it. Don't let those buggers have your money.
0: <laughs> or as we say. It's Britney, bitch. Sorry, I had to play it again. I just had to play it again. I love her. One of the greatest songs ever. I mean, I was going to play You Gotta Work, bitch, but I feel like Britney could never work a day in her life and I would She doesn't need to work. <laughs> I just
1: wanted to go on tropical island holidays forever. I want to have a baby if she wants to have a baby because remember she wasn't even She's so talking allowed. about that already. She wa- I know. She wasn't allowed to take out her um, IED which was forcefully
0: placed there. And that's Um, some Handmaid's Tale shit, to be honest. It's awful.
1: It's awful. A lot of
0: people were shocked at that.
1: And in such a public way too, so to think that that sort of stuff can happen in
0: public. It's over. It's Britney, bitch. Yeah. Just Britney. She's back. I Me, mean, a huge article came out this week on Rolling Stone on Marilyn Manson, and I will preface this by saying that we are going to talk about um, sexual assault, sexual mm-hmm. violence. If that is a trigger for you, then um, just a heads up: that's what we're going to be discussing, and what is discussed in a very long read in Rolling Stone, Marilyn Manson, the monster hiding in plain sight. This comes after nine months of research, court documents. And interviews, Rolling Stone has spoken with more than 55 people who have known Brian Warner, who is the man behind Marilyn Manson, at various points through his life. And they've put together this uh, story and it is harrowing reading. It's awful. It's a long read
1: and it's an awful read and it shows a pattern of behaviour that's been there since... The, the beginning of his career. And Since a, he was a teenager. Yeah. And a pattern of, of behavior that has been enabled by people around him. Again, it's the same old story, isn't it? Mm. That's what makes Brian, Brian, because his name's Brian Warner. I'm going to call him Brian from here on in. That's what, that's what makes Brian, Brian. Just let him be Brian. It's like, no, he's not, he's not okay. That behavior is not okay. The, the behavior is predatory. The behavior is abusive. Um, and yet, he hasn't been called out on it until the last few years. And you talk
0: about that as well. You've spoken about that plenty of times, about that line in particularly the industry that we've worked in for many years, the rock and roll industry, the mm. music industry and how this kind of idea, this fairy tale of what it is, this myth of what it is, enables those blurred lines and those boundaries that don't exist anymore because it is all sex, drugs and rock and roll. And this, mm. when you've got someone who creates this persona And almost hides behind the persona, but as the title says, hiding in plain sight, Mm. it's even more blurry, isn't it? Absolutely. It's
1: terrifyingly blurry. I don't, and these people are empowered by that. I think it gives them more courage to be more predatory and have more victims. I feel like he's, the number of women that have come out with the same stories is astounding.
0: And that's the thing that really struck me as I was reading this. It reminded me of, he, of reading the Harvey Weinstein story. And yep. I know we talk a lot about him, but that's probably one of the more high-profile cases that kicked off this whole Me Too movement mm-hmm. and has enabled so many other victim survivors to come forward. When you see this pattern of behaviour that goes back decades you are, you know, anybody who says this person's in it for the money, first of all, who talks about these things publicly f- for any other reason than they feel is absolutely necessary? It's harrowing to relive this. No one this. wants, no one wants to put themselves on no. that and you don't do it for attention, ever. No, it's awful. and You do it to all... save other
1: people from experiencing that.
0: And Evan Rachel Wood, who's one of the people who spoke out about this, first talking about her experiences with an unnamed partner and then going public and saying on Instagram the person I was talking about, was Brian Warner, Marilyn Manson. But that enables other people to come forward and what they've seen is exactly as you say, these repeat experiences. It's just the same story over and over again. A pattern of sexual and physical abuse, as Rolling Stone calls it, you know, accusers alleging that he plied them with drugs and alcohol, controlled their eating and sleeping habits, held them captive emotionally and physically until they submitted to his will. If they wanted to leave him, they say, he'd threatened to kill himself or worse, them. They describe him as employing a cult leader mentality that allowed him to hold complete power over them. It was brainwashing 101 it's
1: crook isn't it and it's funny um we were going to talk a couple of weeks ago about Jimmy Savile there was an excellent article as well in the guardian that mm. we never got around to which illustrates a, a similar pattern of behavior uh he created an entire world whereby he could he could prey on young children and that was enabled by everybody around him including the bbc mm. That was the network that he was employed by, and no one ever spoke up. But everybody knew, and it's this whole thing with with Marilyn Manson. Again, everybody knew or knows, and yet somehow it's still gotten through. and And I think, how many others are there? Were there what? What? It's really made me think about this business of music and uh, where, to, like, more than just where to from here, but. How do we protect people if they want to be a part of this because it's really not showing that it's a it's a safe place, really on mass it's not a it's not a safe place for a lot of people.
0: That's why when someone like Kanye West brings Marilyn Manson mm. up for the Donda, one of many you know live performances live streams that he did of the album and yeah. Kanye is up there with the baby. Two people have been very controversial. Marilyn Manson, who has tens of allegations against him, he's in—you know—got court cases against him for these allegations, mm, and-, and that just normalises it, doesn't it? To put it, you know, someone in front of that, and that is another. I read that as another attempt to silence victims, Absolutely. and we're in this rise where it's this group power of women hearing from other women and that empowering them to come forward and fight against this. And then you have a dickhead like Kanye getting up there and normalising or provoking for a really shit reason mm. when you think about what some of these and these allegations, if you read it, are horrific. I don't want to repeat them because no. they're so horrific. Yeah, it's it's crook. But I don't know how you could actually stand side by side with someone like that for in the name of provoking or getting attention. That's mm. just sick to me. Well, thats It's so narcissistic. It's the wrong hill to die on for sure. It really is. It's
1: appalling, uh, especially when you know what he's allegedly done. Um, yeah, it's its horrific. And, and the thing is too, what, what bothers me is that women speaking out and collectively en masse telling their stories then somehow radicalises the men and creates a whole new wave of men's rights activists Mm. who...
0: Because it's so new. Yeah. and and, This privilege has been, you know, in the blood for millennia. Yeah. And now we're standing up and it's, it's a very foreign feeling to the people who haven't had that in their face before. Yeah, that's right. And they're reacting really badly. Really badly. But it's scary
1: too because you speak up and yet you see what they're what a lot of men are capable of. Um, and it is violence and it scares, it scares you, doesn't it? Like it scares me.
0: The, on the other side of the coin, one of the people who contributed to this article, actor Esme Bianco, who's um, appeared in Game of Thrones, among other things, who was with Marilyn Manson for for a period and mm. also has made allegations, awful allegations, um, was that she talks about you know, that why he got away with it for so long. And it's because, she says, victims of his felt completely ashamed that they still didn't realise what was happening to them until it was way too late. There's this pattern of him showering them with love and attention, with uh, making them feel like they're the only person in the world, really rushing at talking about marriage and babies, mm. and then very quickly going into these um, really messed up power dynamics where the women were always on on the bottom And Esme Bianco says, you know, he told the whole world. He literally was holding this up, talking Mm. about this at parties, his whole shtick, and nobody tried to stop him. Mm. You know, it's how do we not see when we see with the the great power of retrospect, how do we not look at this and go, hang on, the way that he's talking about things in his lyrics – be fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, what's going on here? Well, like, it's tied up how, how why I- we celebrating this? Yeah, it's, it's tied up with that whole idea of genius. I'll oh, let
1: them be like that. That's just them, but they're so creative. Mm. You know, Phil Spector, similar, same sort of thing. The guy was holding, bringing guns to recording studios. Mm. Uh, he he basically treated Ronnie Spector, his wife, as an enslaved person. She mm. wasn't allowed to leave without his acknowledgement. All of that, but everybody knew. Mm. And even I knew, but I, I guess I didn't know to the extent, or perhaps we hadn't been brought up to think that that's necessarily, you know, as bad as what it actually is. Mm. And you, and it astounds me that I, I didn't even comprehend that back then. Yeah.
0: It's causing me to look back on a lot of my perceptions and the way that I took things in um, as a younger woman. It's an astounding read. It is a long read. Mm. We will put it in the show notes if you want to dive in. And I'm going to put that Jimmy Savile piece in as well because that was similarly to the way that um, she said, which is a fantastic book by the two New York Times journalists Mm. who broke the Harvey Weinstein case. It's just really fascinating to look at what leads to that point when you're coming up against structures, media organisations, communities, cliques that are just rallying against you, stopping you telling this story Mm. and how hard it is to push through to get the work. We see the end result as readers when we read these stories in long form, but really getting that sense of as a journalist and the people that come forward, the victim survivors, it's just a fascinating and powerful read. So I'll put those both in the show notes.
1: On a lighter note, you know what's great, the great thing to come out of all of this is that young women now have words for this behaviour. They understand it. They see it. It's being talked about. The coercive
0: control laws that have just been enacted in Victoria, that this is actually seen as domestic abuse. It is. And I think the
1: fact that it's not going to stop that behaviour, and it certainly isn't a complete solution, but the fact that women are now... Empowered with an understanding that 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 kind of behaviour is not okay, which is we didn't have that. We didn't have that. We we didn't were have that. No. Like we've been, muddling. we were
0: gaslit. we were like, yeah. oh, this is the way it goes. Yeah, they're just they're just sensitive. I'm overreacting. Yeah,
1: they're just sensitive. You know, they're just <laughs> you know they're creative. They're sensitive. That's just what you, that's just that guy.
0: And it's like, no, it's fucking not. Lift his game. Yep. and, and do better. Yeah, he needs to do better. It was fantastic to see that this week two women on the cover of Marie Claire and two absolute huge icons of the last year, Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame, who have used their own very painful experiences to bring awareness um, to sexual violence towards women and children. They are the cover stars yeah. of Marie Claire. And, and they women have that of the voice. Year. Yeah. Just fantastic.
1: Do I, I, you think, and I'm, I'm sure it doesn't erase any of the trauma and any of the pain that they've experienced over the however many years they've both been through what they've been through but it's it's certainly a sign that we are heading in the right direction that, um,
0: like think that, about all the women who are in, who are just using their stories to empower others mm, and to give a platform to others this week it just feels astounding doesn't yeah, it yeah it does it does and and that's that's the positive way to,
1: to end this i think especially when it does feel so heavy and so dark, when you're reading the Marilyn Manson pieces, when you're reading the Jimmy Savile stuff, um, when you think about Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein, all of those big names, it's to see that, that we're in a moment where, where women are, are strong and are supporting each other mm. uh, rather than seeing each other as the enemy mm. and actually having some success in getting those stories told and getting action happening and, and making actually real positive change.
0: Time is now. It is. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. It feels nice. Oh, God. Gosh, I've been very serious today. Nice bloody big week. <sighs> do you want to bang on?
1: Yeah. What are you banging on about? Oh, what am I banging on about? <laughs> Every uh, time. I know. Oh, it's this? when I'm in the studio. The podcast I is literally called Bang On. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I always want forget. Can I tell that. you
0: where the show notes are?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, You can, but I've actually already forgotten and I went to look for them the other day and went, how did I do that again? It's not good. Um I'm I just started watching and I've only watched the first step, but it looks like an absolute hoot. And that is Nikia Louie's Preppers, which is on ABC TV. Oh yeah, I, I saw the Wednesday first step night. too. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's really cute. And it's it's kind of um do you remember when she appeared on Get Kraken? Mm-hmm couple of years ago as a morning TV show host. It's kind of the extension of that story, yeah. I feel, where she's a morning TV host. Uh, she's left for some reason. Uh, all I know is that uh, she basically set fire to it. That's all you get at the end of the first episode. Uh, her partner is Grant Denya, who's the also the executive producer of the show, and she ends up on her land, which she discovers has been taken over by a bunch of preppers, predominantly um First Nations preppers. If you're hearing this, then we are all dead. I can only hope that this provides a solemn record of our final moments. But before we go, do you need an all-in-one website builder? I own this land and I not give any of you permission to be here.
2: Johnny, I've been expecting you. Welcome to Eden 2.
1: We're a self sufficient community prepping for the end of the world. You're serious?
2: Zombies, global warming,
1: the rapture, governmental overreach, white people, and that's annoyed. I'm, getting. I'm getting ready for anything. You get it? I didn't come here for this. I just want my land back. We're Aboriginal people. We all want our land back. You're saying that my man gave you a 10,000 year lease for the continued survival of Aboriginal people? Yes. Half of even 2 aren't even black. Doomsday prepping isn't cheap. There's parallels there, of course, you know. They're all there to survive the end of the world, but in, the end of the world is already. Come for Australia's Indigenous population, you know. So there's all of those parallels. Been but
0: surviving for years. Yeah,
1: it's a great show. It's it's. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see the next couple of
0: episodes. So. Uncle Jack Charles Uncle is in Jack it too. Charles, oh anything my God. Is in. Have I told you that when I used to live in a in a part of Melbourne where he lives, he'd be zipping around. There's a great bike bike path, and he'd be zipping around on his little motorised scooter. Oh, yeah. And just the seeing him with his gorgeous hair and beard flowing behind him just brought so much joy to my day. I love Uncle Jack so. Much. <laughs> (laughs) I know, he's
1: got such a beautiful vibe and I know I've banged on about his Who Do You Think You Are before, that episode that he did for SBS, but if you haven't seen it, just, oh my God. See it. He's he's an astounding, extraordinary human being,
0: and what a story! It's a great yeah. cast. Main White's in it as well. Yep, um, fantastic preppers. It's on ABC. You can see the first couple of episodes. On I think so. Yeah, I-view. I-view, yeah. And it's yeah. on Wednesday nights as well. Fantastic. Now, what are you banging on about, Zan? See how quick I said that. It was very good, thank you. Uh, on the mark as always. Mm. I'm banging on <laughs> about the um, fantastic podcast, Who is Daniel Johns? Oh, I've been meaning to listen to this. Everyone's been gurning for this. Yeah. Um, it is just a fascinating insight into, you know, a really private person that's had a very public life. And mm. we've seen Daniel Johns as a little kid growing up with him and then, of course, being splashed all over tabloids, marrying Natalie Brulia, being drunk and disorderly, all that sort of stuff is is talked about in this. It's just...
1: See, uh, although although I, I would question drunk and disorderly, I would probably say... <laughs> Just having fun. Just having fun. Just having fun, and it's been taken out of
0: context, the poor fella. splashed all over your uh, favourite magazine, newspaper, The Daily Mail. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Poor fella. But he is not one who gives a lot of interviews, and, you know, for good reason. Like, he's just been pretty... Um, raked over the coals by the media, and he doesn't feel the need to, and he doesn't have to talk to anyone. So it's kind of a coup to have um, him chat so openly, and it's beautifully put together because it really does literally go back into his childhood home uh, and tells the story of him. And for me, like I'm, he's pretty much my age. He's one year younger than me, mm. so I grew up with his story. You know, I was frothing on Silverchair. I still remember pressing. I, I've got the image in my head of putting a blank cassette in and pressing record, play, and Pause waiting for Triple J to play tomorrow for the first <laughs> time because so I wanted gorgeous. to tape it off the radio. That's, That's how gorgeous. old I am. And I, you know, their evolution in sound was mirroring me growing up. So mm. as like my tastes were changing, you know, uh, his were as well. And, you know, then I became a radio DJ and he would come into Triple J when I was there. You know, I, I did a Take Five with him a few years ago. So I feel like we have. Lived in this kind of parallel world. In, you know, I don't mean I'm the same as Daniel Johns, but we've kind of gone through this um, growing up in a, in the same sort of period, and he's been there the whole time for me. So to hear these insights, and particularly to hear like what was happening overseas for Silverchair, because as a little kid I was just like, Silverchair are great and they're an Australian band, but I had no idea about, because the internet was, you know, at in its infancy, He had no idea that they were playing these massive no. festival shows and I was like a little teenager. I had no idea of the enormity of how big they were. And then to, you know, have him and the band come back to Newcastle and kind of be somewhat like, you know, the tall poppy thing. like yeah. Just everyone in Newcastle going, oh, you just think you're so good, all that bullshit Australian yeah. stuff. It's all covered. It's just... Fantastic. And it all happened when they were so young and you're just like, no wonder yeah. all of those things happened in your life and the reactions that you had to certain things, because I can't even imagine going through that while your brain and your chemicals are still cooking. Like yeah. that would like, same as Brittany. Same as Brittany. I was just going to fucks say. you up. Absolutely. She was only 28 when
1: the paparazzi were hounding her to the point where she lashed out. I just think poor things. Yeah. Gosh, the fact that they're alive and have survived and are now thriving just mm. pleases me no end. And 100%. I think we, we really have to take a, a good hard look at, at this business of entertaining people and and how we treat people who give us the joy that we we thrive on. Mm.
0: It's a fantastic podcast. Dive into it. It's now finished. Five episodes. Um, it's really beautifully put together. And I just love listening to Daniel. He's got such a lovely voice. He does. And he's such gorgeous a gorgeous
1: timbre. Yeah. And he's such a lovely, honest person, too. Yeah. And I think that's probably why that whole business of being a superstar didn't sit well with
0: him because he's just. He's
1: you know just like us yeah but he he's,
0: he's very down to earth. That's one of the things when yeah. he did the take five a few years ago. I was I'd never interviewed him before because the you know the interviews always went to the mm. breakfast or the drive show. And I did this take five and I was like all my preconceptions of Daniel just melted away. I was like you're really funny and mm. you're super down to earth, he's lovely, and you're just lovely. Um, <laughs> like you're a really nice person to be around. I have a confession. Oh what have you done? Did you rub
1: his leg like Keanu's? No, what no, have you no. done? He, he's, he was a friend of a friend's came over to well, here house after um, after a friend's birthday oh, was it a myth
0: favorite a famous myth kick on it was <laughs> yeah and I
1: might have Phil Collins him out the door
0: oh he should be so lucky when he left
1: I did play Phil Collins against all odds out well he, that's a signature as party left. move that for anybody's is, ever well, if you' if you're a loved guest you've been Phil Collins out at some point yeah because it's the only song I remember how to play
0: on the grand piano <laughs>
1: So good. Sorry, Daniel, if you never, you won't be
0: listening. I'm sure he's never forgotten it. <laughs> I hope so. I love it. Well, you've got to listen to this, you'll love it too. Is that it? Yeah, <laughs> you just went off to another place then. I did. I did. <laughs> That's it. Okay, I like you, Panther. Oh, yeah, there's a little Panther in the studio just watching me. Don't know why. It's not quite Norman, but close. <laughs> It's comforting. Yeah. Every now and then I'm just playing a song and they're like, oh, oh yeah, hello, <laughs> just watching me. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bang. 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 Bang.
2: Bang. 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 Bang
0: on.